Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. It's after four o'clock. Welcome back. Jason Greger, Connor Howland with you on Sports 1440, Waters Nation YouTube, uh, on Facebook as well. Listening uh, online, sports1440.ca. Well, however you're uh, taking in the show, we very much appreciate your time. As always, it's presented by playalberta.ca. And uh, today we are coming to you live, as always, in the E-Well studio, E-W-E-L.ca, your local electrical distributor for all your electrical needs and even storage space. So they got it all. Check it out, E-W-E-L.ca. And, uh, well, this is awesome. Uh, guys, I love having Gene on. How about this? I heard you guys talking about Brownlee. Um, so, uh, Kyle donated a pair of seats to tomorrow night's game where you could see uh, a record 12th consecutive victory for the Edmonton owners in the Sportsnet lounge. So you get all your food, man. You can eat like a king all game long. Have lots of fun. And, uh, he wants, uh, the, uh, to donate all the, uh, the money towards, uh, the, uh, Brownlee, uh, GoFundMe, which I think is awesome idea, Kyle. So, uh, thank you very much for that. So let's do that for the, uh, the remainder of the show. If you want to go tomorrow night in the, uh, Sportsnet Club, and uh, that includes, of course, uh, all your food with the tickets, 833-401-1440, and, uh, all the money, uh, will be going towards, uh, the, the GoFundMe for Robin Brownlee's family. 833-401-1440. We'll do that uh, until the end of the show. I like it. Uh, in the meantime, uh, let's talk a little uh, National Hockey League as uh, we are joined, of course, uh, once again by uh, Stanley Cup champion. He is an ace analyst on the NHL Network, also an analyst for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Mike Rupp joins us. Rupper, how you doing, man? What's up, Greg? I'm good, buddy. It's great. Uh, hey, things are good. Uh, you know, there's lots going on in the in the National Hockey League. Um, you know, the, yeah. the, the Edmonton orders are on one of those rolls that not a lot of teams get on. It's only ever happened, uh, 32 times in NHL history that a team's won 11 games in a row. Now, the New Jersey Devils have had a few of them. Were you on those Devils teams or one of the Penguins teams when they went on a long heater? Uh, I probably have to say no because I think I'd probably remember that. Um, <laughs> you know, we had some runs, but I don't think that, like, that, that's significant, right? But, um, you know, it's, I think the big thing with what Edmonton's doing right now, too, is that they were on that other run earlier in the year, right? Like, not too long ago. So, I mean, it's it's not like, uh, I think in years past, you've seen with the Philadelphia Flyers, I think the one year went on a 10-game win streak and they missed the playoffs. Then the next year, I think they were on a 10-game losing streak and made the playoffs. Like, this one seems a, a lot different, right? So, um, yeah, I don't believe I was on any of those in New Jersey, but... Um, you know, pretty pretty special run that the Oilers are on right now. Well, especially because it's nine consecutive games, Rupper, with allowing two or less goals. 
And, uh, you know, their power play, they're not relying on their power play. Their power play is kind of being meh by their standard. Well, really, it's, you know, 17% during this 11-game winning streak. And that, that to me, is it sounds crazy, but that's a great positive because I know their power play can get better. And so on the games where maybe they don't play well that uh, or they leak a little bit, suddenly maybe their power play is going to help them out. To to win 11 in a row with your power play being like the one thing you're concerned about, that's almost like a complete bizarro world for the orders. Yeah, it is. It's, um, you know, that's something that I think people, I mean, maybe in Edmonton, the people understand how good this team has been playing. Um, But I I think outside of Edmonton, people want to say, this team's one dimensional like this team. Uh, I mean, they're on this run, like they've got the talent, they've got this, but that's why. And, and certainly that's a big factor, right? Like these guys, it's a, it's a talented group, but to your point, they're defending well, mm-hmm. like they're doing, they're doing a hell of a job of giving themselves a chance to win before that puck is dropped because they, they know how to play well defensively now. And they're starting to do a better job of that. And I know we've talked about it on here also, and not to rehash the beginning of the year, but there's a lot of measurements where they were playing a, a brand of hockey that would lend them to give themselves a chance to win every night at the beginning of the year when they weren't winning. So they're like finding ways to lose. And we know that the, the goaltending was an issue then. Um, you know, I, I think that's the thing that's jumping out to me right now, Greg, through the stretch. They're defending. And if we're talking about potentially that power play and how we've seen it better and it can be better, that is a great sign. Because uh, that would be the least of my concerns about this power play that we've seen over the last few years. They've got a lot of things going. And quite frankly, I mean, whether this streak ends in the next game or ends in two games or whatever, um, I think the bigger thing is this team's this team's for real. And I think that, uh, um, you know, this is, this is who they are right now. Uh, uh, Mike Rupp joins us, you know. Hey, team loses four in a row and everyone's like, oh my goodness. But you know, as I watched Toronto, they easily could have been up two or three nothing earlier in that game. Bertuzzi, I don't know yeah. if you can hit the post any clearer than you did. Like they, you know, I didn't necessarily disagree with Mitch Marner afterwards. He goes, you know what? We actually played pretty well. You just, hey, uh, two nothing leads aren't what two nothing leads used to be in today's NHL. There's just more offense. You know, it's hard to sit back in, in today's game. But when I watched Toronto Rupper, the obvious weakness was there at the start of the year, and it's still there now. They need to improve their defense core, right? How aggressive would you be if you're tree living? And like, I don't think you can wait till March eighth, right? Like, it's yeah. not like they got a massive gap here on Detroit and Tampa. Like, don't you think they got to go? Everybody knows what the issue is. You got Klingberg on LTR. Use the cap space and go get a defenseman or two. Yeah, I mean that, that that's something that they they definitely need. Um, you know, I I think what we're kind of depending on. Uh, See, I, I think this is almost like, well, what area do we need? Can we improve both areas? Like, it, it, the decor is certainly one of them. The the goaltending position, you know, when you get Joseph Wall back and healthy, have we seen enough now from Marty Jones to believe that he could be part of that equation in some way, shape, or form? Have we? Do we believe in what Joseph Wall has done? He was good in the playoffs last year. But he doesn't have a long track record of what he's at in the NHL, and like, so is the is in net still an area where they need to to? I don't even necessarily say upgrade. I think it's even just adding another NHL goaltender into the mix just to have options, right? Um, so yeah, they certainly have to make moves, and I and I think they will, and probably better to do it earlier so you can kind of smoke out where you're at. You mentioned something off the top there, and <clears throat> the Mitch Marner comments last night yeah 
It, yes, in theory, everything he said was is pretty accurate. I mean, the Leafs stepped up and played the hottest team in the league, and they played well. They could have won that game. Like yeah. they, they, they played well. They had looks. Uh, they had a great start, obviously, scoring right away. You know, they've had this inability lately to put teams away and kind of build that lead. Um, there's a lot of things you like about Toronto's game. What I didn't like about his post game, uh, Mitch Marner, and I love him. I, I do. I love him as a player. But this is the thing that gets me with this team is – Everything that's said in Toronto is going to get a ton of attention given to it, deservedly so. And when he's saying, you know, basically you guys want to make it about something else and giving up leads and all these different things and, uh, you know, where we've been at. I love our game where we've been at. He said, we played a great game. We are a great hockey team. That kind of all of a sudden a little flag pops up in my little red flag. And where we've been at. I I don't know if I'm reading into it too much. You're not a great team. Yeah. You, 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 you guys have won 13 games in regulation out of 42. And they have the ability and the, the, the build to do something special. But if you're complacent and you're content, you're dead. You're dead. And the, the biggest thing with this team is finding another level. And I never pin it on their big four. Their big four have been great. But I'm thinking even as a depth player on that team, like those are the compass guys. Like I, I think in those moments you need to say – we loved our game tonight. Um, we we still gave up a lead, lost the game, didn't put a team away. We need to be better. And I'm very, very concerned that this is still the same verbiage coming out of this group. It's like we need to fend off the media. No, no, no. you guys need to find another level. You know what I mean? Like, And I'm concerned by that. And, and the one thing I want to point out, too, and you you know, I, I, I catch as many Edmonton games as I possibly can. It's must-watch television. I'm watching that game last night. Connor looked pissed off in the game. Like yeah. he was like he had that play where he was in the zone and, and he was circling and, and he had Austin Matthews on him, makes that play to the net, kind of goes around the net, does a wrap on his backhand, gets knocked down. The pucks, um, you know, sitting probably seven feet to his side. He is almost crawling rig- like vigorously to get back to the puck. And then gets up and just lays like a get out of my way shoulder into Morgan Riley. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, this guy wants it. He's finding another level. I didn't see any of that in Toronto. Like, you know, they played a good game. They're mm-hmm. a good team. Where's that other level? And, and I didn't love Mitch kind of being like, we're good. Yeah. No, you're not. You're not good. I've seen this movie with you guys before, and I think they need to they need to find a way to find another level. Yeah, there was the other big hit when Kane uh, uh, hammered Matthews on the boards. Like that's the one thing Evander Kane brings is you know as a top six forward in today's game, there's not a lot of them, and you know some people might Kane maybe hasn't had the most consistent season this year. I think that's fair. He's still on pace for I think 29 goals, but uh, when the the intensity rises, he seems to be better. He gets a little bit more engaged, yeah. and uh, and and that helps. And you know. Uh, I'll say this about Knobloch. I saw him how he switched. He had the Matthews-McDavid matchup in the first period, and, and it wasn't going great for Edmonton, to be honest. So they switched it, and they put dry side of line, a heavier line with Nurse and CeCe out there, and they did a better job. And, yeah. uh, you know, Chris Knobloch's really impressed me as he starts to kind of put more of his fingerprints on this team and certain matchups and and different things like that. Um, a few of the Eastern teams, you know, we've talked a lot about, uh, uh, you know, the New Jersey Devils, and now they're getting Timo Meyer back. And, you know, they've been injuries have been one of their biggest challenges all season long. Like they just can't stay healthy, right? Like it, it's becoming an issue. No question. But how, how concerned are you when, when you look at the standings now, how concerned are you? Like the devils are, 
you know, what, what are they now? It's a log jam. I think the, the wild card is held down by Detroit and Tampa, but then there's Pittsburgh, Washington, the Islanders and the Devils, and they're all within two points. Where, where do you see the Devils here in, in a very tight wild card race in the East? Yeah, they, they, they're playing better now. Uh, actually, a pretty cool story. Nico Dawes has given them a nice little bump, right? Like, yeah. So in net, we know that that's been a problem for them uh, this year, getting consistency in, in net. And I'm not saying Nico Dawes is the answer and he's going to be the guy, but he's allowed them to kind of navigate this time right now with the injuries they have. Um, they, they, they've started to look more like what we thought that they would be. Um, it's kind of a I, – I, I, still, I still like this team. I think that they're. I think Tom Fitzgerald is going to be a busy man from now until trade deadline to see what he can do to kind of help this team out. I think it, between the pipes is an area that they need help. Um, but on the back end too, I can. I think having some experience, another depth defenseman would be nice. But getting healthy for this team is is the, the first objective. Uh, you know, getting Timo Meyer back in the lineup tonight should should help them. Um, but you know, this is a this is a a team that. I love what the Philadelphia Flyers are doing. I love what they're doing. But at the end of the day, for me, that's not a playoff team. It's a great step where they want to be and what they want to become. But I don't see them making the playoffs. I think in that Metro division, that third spot is going to be up for grabs. And it's going to come down to New Jersey and Pittsburgh for the third spot. So that means one of those teams will probably end up in a wild card spot if they both make the playoffs. Um, the, the Devils are fine right now. Uh, the New York Islanders, I, I think, are... <laughs> They're as fraudulent as you get. Uh, that that's a team that's gonna. I think they're gonna continue to fall, and they're gonna fall out of it. So I, I, there's not a lot of teams I think that that uh, would would sound the alarm for me of bumping out the Devils because I think there's some teams that are just quite frankly not as good as the Devils, and the Devils are starting to find their game. Mike Grupp joins us on uh, Sports 1440, uh, Orders Nation YouTube. Uh, Rupper, the, the other team that's, you know, that's interesting to me, the Winnipeg Jets and like the Jets are rolling. Like I, I was yeah. looking their last 30 games. Well, first of all, they don't give up three goals ever. It's crazy. Uh, they did it in the first four games of the year and they've done it once since mind blowing, but their goaltenders have a 939 save percentage and Lauren Brassois numbers are virtually identical, slightly better. Than uh, the starter Hellebuck, which illustrates to me like it's a good system. They obviously have uh, a good backup in Winnipeg. Like how how high are you in Winnipeg? And they did a lot of this without Kyle Connor, who just came back in the lineup. Yeah, yeah, they're impressive and they're doing it defensively. They, the goaltender numbers are great. They defend really well. Rick Bonus has them. They're playing as a unit. Like all these those cliches we say, five man unit. You know, connected. All those things. I mean, they're doing all of it. And the fact that they did that without Kyle Connor's huge. Now they got Mark Shifley. It's like the little tag team. One's coming in uh, to the lineup off the IR. The other one's going to the IR. So they're going to be without Shifley here for a little while. So we'll see how they navigate that. But they, they've been – they're a team that um, – you got some players getting more of an opportunity than they've gotten before. I mean, with Kyle Connor out, you know who stepped up their game? Cole Perfetti. Yeah. Really nice, right? So he stepped up in a big way. They go back to the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade. You know, Ayafalo and uh, and uh, Velarde, those guys have been fantastic. I mean, they're a deeper team. I date this even back to last year, the moves they made, bringing in Nemesnikov and and uh, Nino Niederreiter. Like, they, they've just got weapons galore. And when I say weapons, like, they're not – they don't scare you by name, but when you have a bunch of those guys on the team, they can strike you and hurt you at different times. Uh, Adam Lowry, I love what he brings, right? Like, so their team, like – 
yes, Kyle Connor is probably their most lethal offensive threat. Uh, but it, they showed that if he's out of the lineup, they could still be tough. And, and to your point, when you're not giving up three goals a game, you got a chance. Like this is the new NHL, man. Like that's crazy talk. I know that they've is. done what they've done this year, and they're doing it. Uh, they give themselves a chance to win every night. I think that they're. I think they're for real. Put it this way: we played this game. We were talking about the 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 chances of Canada bringing home the cup this year, which might be the best opportunity we've seen in quite some time with yep. Edmonton, Winnipeg, Vancouver, Toronto. If you were to ask me today, we'll leave Edmonton out of that equation. If you were to ask me today, who would you rather play in the playoffs, Vancouver or Winnipeg? 100% I'd rather play Vancouver. And you ask me that between Winnipeg or Toronto, I'd laugh in your face. I'd rather see the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, Winnipeg is scary to me. They're playing a good brand of hockey. Now, for fun, what if it was Winnipeg or Edmonton? That's where it's tough for me. (laughs) Right now, for me, I genuinely believe right now, not because it's 11 games. I mean, that certainly comes into play. Edmonton, their margins, you look at the underlying numbers, they're doing something special here. And I don't think this is a flash in the pan for the last 11 games. I've liked this team. I've always considered them the last number of years to be a contender, but I never really felt like they were a team that I was going to say is my favorite to win the cup. They might be right now. And I hope I'm not jinxing you guys by that. But right now, as we sit today, from what we've seen this year, and even in those games that they stunk with getting not getting results earlier in the year, they probably deserved better. Now they're getting the better. They make a couple shrewd moves at the deadline, man. This is the team to beat for me. Rapper, as always, uh, love chatting with you, my man. Have yourself uh, a wonderful Wednesday, a good weekend, and uh, we will chat with you next Wednesday. Awesome, Gregs. Enjoy, buddy. I bet you that's uh, Mike Rupp from the uh, NHL Network. Uh, Big fan, big fan. When we come back, Tyler Uremchuk will join us. Man, we had a jam-packed show. Uh, we're up to, uh, we had a, a bit of a 250 coming in from uh, Mike on the uh, opening volley for the tickets. So uh, there you go. We're all helping out uh, uh, the Brownlee. Uh, GoFundMe, and uh, these are great seats, by the way. It's a bargain so far. Uh, two fifty for the seats in the Sportsnet uh, Lounge Club at the Orders game tomorrow night against the Seattle Kraken. You could see twelve in a row, and you get uh, endless food. Whew, you're gonna like it in there. It's a lot of fun. It's a good little party atmosphere if you've never been there. So uh, two fifty of that, and it's all gonna go to uh, Brownlee and the GoFundMe campaign. Eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Four thirty. Welcome back. Jason Greger, Connor Halley with you on Sports 1440, Orders Nation uh, YouTube. Oilers, uh, day off. They will face the Seattle Kraken tomorrow. It will be the Kraken's final game of a six-game road trip. And will be their uh, third game in four nights. The Kraken in one nine in a row, but then they uh, lost in New York and Pittsburgh on Monday and Tuesday. So they'll come to Edmonton, uh, licking their wounds a little bit. And uh, historically, that's been a very good matchup for Edmonton. But the Oilers going to have to be better out of the gate. That's, that's the only thing you can kind of critique uh, has been their starts during this uh, 11 game run. Now they've come back six times from giving up the first goal. They're six and oh. You kidding me? Like, that's putting them up to now only Dallas and Colorado. There's only three teams in the NHL who have a, a, a winning record when allowing the first goal. And the orders are now one of them. They're 10 and eight. Uh, they were four and eight prior to uh, winning uh, six consecutive during this 11-game winning streak. So the numbers will tell you it's not a recipe for success long-term to give up the first goal too often. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, let's get to the oil report now, brought to you by VolvoCarsEdmonton.com. 
And uh, you know what? When it's cold outside like this, uh, the roads are slippery. You want a car that's reliable? You want a vehicle that's reliable? Well, that's what you'll get at VolvoCarsEdmonton.com. Uh, whether you get the V models, uh, you're looking for the XC60, the XC90, and you get great deals right now at uh, as low as 2.99% financing on a lease right now on VolvoCarsEdmonton.com. As uh, we are joined from Oilers Nation, Tyler Uremchuk is by. And... Uh, Tyler, uh, you know, there's – I think if, to me, playoff starts tomorrow, Evander Kane's on my second line. It's not even a hesitation. What about you? Yeah, I think so. Um, at the end of the day, you got to go with a little bit of an upside play, even if it was, you know, the start of the playoffs or a game seven where one game matters. Like, Evander Kane, when he's rolling and humming, he's their third or fourth most effective forward. Even last night when he wasn't at his best, he still was mixing it up physically, getting under the skin of the Maple Leafs, and then almost scored the game winner in the third period. So I think, you know, when the playoffs start, you probably want to have it at a point where he's on your second line. Maybe you have someone else on the right side there who isn't even on the team yet. And McLeod and Fogel can hopefully be drivers for you on the third line. I just like the balance of that a little bit more. Oh, like to me, in an ideal world, the orders would find a second line right winger, which would allow Fogel to become a third line uh, right winger. And uh, him and McLeod last year, I think people forget him and McLeod were very good line in the in the playoffs last season. And so, you know, because I've been focused a lot on why, you know, they got to improve their fourth line. I get it. But if you can improve your second line and push everybody down and then Fogel pushes someone down to the fourth line, well, now you're just getting better from the top down. Uh, or at least the second rung down. And that's kind of where I'd look. Now, I know it's more expensive. And, you know, so there's the, maybe a little bit more cap manipulation. And, well, manipulation is the wrong word. But uh, you, you're going to have to massage the cap a little bit more. Uh, I'm not sold that Corey Perry is necessarily a second line uh, winger at this stage of his career. But uh, obviously, he's someone I would have interest in. And I, I know that he has interest in the orders amongst other teams. And so I don't get too excited about, yeah, they're in the running. But... You know, if, if we had a handicap at a play Alberta.ca, I don't know what it would be like a 15, 20% chance. I think it might be a little bit higher than that. I okay. know there's a little bit of talk that maybe he wants to go somewhere that's not quite as noisy. But I mean, if you're Corey Perry, you've made a hundred plus million dollars in your career. And how many times as of late have you been that close, that close to winning another Stanley Cup and keep missing out? I think he's going to want to go somewhere with an authentic chance to win the Stanley Cup. Now, if a place like Florida comes knocking and says, hey, we're interested, we'll bring you on, then he might have a tough time saying no to that. But I don't know. I think with a guy like Perry, who signed in Chicago because he thought the opportunity to play with Connor Bedard would rejuvenate him, and $4 million certainly uh, didn't help that case either. But maybe he looks at Connor McDavid and the Oilers and says, God, just to be a part of a run in Edmonton would be so much fun. I, I think they have a legitimate chance of this thing, but I agree. Not a second-line center, Gregs. And when we talk about needing a right winger to play with Dreisaitl, it, it's a damn shame that uh, Connor Brown hasn't worked out because he was brought in to be that guy. That's it. I actually thought Brown last night might have been his best game of the year. Like he was yeah. around, you know, he can't score right now to save his life. But um, Connor Brown's salary, I'm not talking next year because we know that that's like, that's they're never living up to it. It's impossible. But at the league minimum, as a penalty killer, if there's a second half of the season, like if Connor Brown scores you six goals in the second half of the year for 775, you're pretty happy. 
right? Like that, that's the only advantage of Connor Brown is that for this year, because we all know that next year is a total debacle. We, we, I think everybody knows that, but that's the only advantage they have with Brown that, it, and I went back and looked the year he scored 24. He scored like 18 goals in the second half of the year. Like he's a very streaky scorer. And maybe if he scores one, he might end up like, I'm not saying he's going to score 18, but he might score six or seven. Yeah, and I like what you said, like this year, 775K, because I saw some people, or I've seen people comment on my show in the past and go, God, with Brown, like they were better off keeping Yamamoto. They were better off keeping Clem Costin. It's like they couldn't afford those two. The whole reason Connor Brown was the, in air quotes, I'll say slam dunk fit this summer is because this year he is 775 and they needed to get Evan Bouchard signed and Ryan McLeod and they had to sign other pieces and they couldn't afford a $3 million Yamamoto or a $2 million Clem Costin. They were bargain bin shopping. And the reason Brown made sense is because he had that unique circumstance where he could be signed to a bonus incentivized contract. So I don't know. I think it's funny when people rip the Brown deal. Like, yeah, it hasn't worked out, but they rip and say all that dead money next year. But they're the same people who go, this team has to be in win now mode, win this year at all costs. And it's like, well, yeah, the Connor Brown signing was exactly that. It was taking a risk that benefits you this year and hurts you in the long term, like trading a first round pick at the deadline would. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the same thing uh, for sure. Uh, Tyler, your check joins us for fun. What would you do with Calvin Pickard? Uh, are you playing him tomorrow? Are you playing him Saturday? Are you running Skinner all week? What are you doing? Oh, boy. I think I'm running Stuart Skinner all week. Um, you know, he just had two days off. It's home stretch here, at least against Seattle. Then not a lot of travel to go to Calgary. So he shouldn't be all that worn down. And then, hey, next week, you've got a couple of gravy spots to play him. And then you're on your bye week. So right now, I think you can get away with going Stuart Skinner, both against Seattle and Calgary, because not like there's a four hour cross country flight or anything like that mixed in here. You're staying pretty close home games after as well. Then an all-star break. So let's give, let's push Skinner a little bit here. If he wants to be a number one, I I think playing three games in a week, every once in a while, he should be able to handle it. Yeah. I I don't think he, I don't think it's to me, it's more the, uh, the cumulative amount of starts because, uh, so they have 37 games after the deadline and, uh, it's 37 games in 73 days. It's basically every second game. Right. Um, Stuart Skinner has now made 29 starts. So, uh, if we go by the magic number of 55, that means he's got 26 remaining. Right. So if he starts four of the next five, then that means he's he's going to start 22 out of the final 37, right? So that's where I, I wonder how they balance that and looking because I get that I get that he gets rest and I understand all that, but it's still going to play 50 fix, 55 starts in the regular season, and that seem you don't really want to go higher than that. So I'm I'm kind of curious, you know, maybe they do it now because they're rolling, but maybe now's the time to play your backup because you're rolling. Yeah, it's just it's tough, too, because I'm sure in that room there's a little bit of for Knobloch like, OK, I don't want you know, you when you're in the heater, as much as one loss isn't going to sink you, you want to keep it going. Right. So playing Skinner gives you the best chance to do it. Although, I mean, go back through Pickard's game logs, I guess he, he hasn't really disappointed you at any turn if you're the coaching staff. So maybe tomorrow night you feel somewhat confident that Seattle team as hot as they were for a bit, Greg's. They still didn't score all that much in yeah. that winning streak. So yeah. it's an offense that hasn't gotten going at any point this year. Yeah. Maybe the backup is the right play. Yeah. So it's just kind of curious. Like it's a good problem to have. Calvin Pickard's his backup numbers are fine. Right. We had Calvin, uh, Kevin Woodley on the show earlier and he says his underlying numbers are actually very good compared to a lot of other backups in the league. So you know what? You, you got to roll the dice with your backup at some point. Uh, I'll be curious uh, uh, when they do it. Um, the other one is the, uh, 
the goaltending situation itself, because Stuart Skinner has played exceptionally well, he's looking like a number one, which a lot of people thought he would be uh, this season. And, and now that he's doing that, I don't know if you've noticed lately, uh, Tyler, but do you think the orders are better off to use their assets and, and get, you know, try to improve their second line or maybe try to improve their fourth line, stuff like that. And then just go into the playoffs with Skinner and a combination of Pickard, Campbell and Rodrigue, whoever else. What do you think? There's a part of me that kind of goes, and I know last year, and Frank Cervall, he's made this point to both of us a handful of times that, you know, he thinks that you've got to keep your two goalie system going in the playoffs. It was the downfall, some would say, of the Boston Bruins last year, even some like the Minnesota Wild. When they started to utilize it, they got better. But there's another side of me that goes, come on, traditionally, you need one guy who's going to get hot and carry you through. So this team will go as far as Stuart Skinner will carry them. And as much as you might want a reliable 1B, if Stuart Skinner has a couple of bad games in the playoffs, you might just be hooped anyways, right? I know last year they got away with Campbell in some relief appearances, but I, I think I'm more on the side of go out and make the team in front of Stuart Skinner as good as you possibly can and have trust that he can be the guy. Yeah, last playoffs didn't go well. Maybe he was burnt out, but hey, he's a year older. He's a year more experienced. You're going to go as far as Stuart Skinner takes you in the playoffs. So give him the best chance to succeed as that true number one guy. Go get a vet D-man. Go get a third-line center who can win draws. Like, I mean, hey, life's easier on Stuart Skinner if the team's winning more draws in the D-zone and getting the puck out, right? So I think I'm more in the camp of make the team in front of the goaltending as good as you possibly can and just hope you can ride Skinner in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, I I, I know that teams that ride two goalies, then they go with their two goalies. I totally get it. But in the playoffs, it's different. You have now if if your backup maybe comes in because your guy gets pulled after a first period, okay, fine. But come playoff time, to me, if you have two goalie system like Boston, which was a legit two goalies, your one of your goalies didn't start more than two games straight since I think it was like November twelfth. So that's a legit one. But other than that, you know what? Uh, Braden Holtby, yeah, he didn't start game one. He came in in game two, went the rest of the way. Uh, Binnington went the whole way. Vasilevsky went the whole way. Uh, you know, Montreal, when they went to the final, their backup, uh, their goalie went the whole way. Bobrovsky went the whole way with Florida. Like I, I think if you have two goalies all year and they rotate, then I do it. Come playoff time, I still think I'm going with my clear starter unless he fails. Also, Calvin Pickard's dirt cheap. Like, we got to remember, the Oilers are going into this deadline, and I know they're not in LTIR space, so it's easier, but they don't exactly have a lot of money to throw around. They also don't have that many assets to go throw around. So unless you're finding a goalie who is also in Calvin Pickard's price range, are you comfortable spending a percentage of that little available cap that you have on goaltending, on a guy who's not going to be playing in all likelihood game one of the playoffs or game two of the playoffs? I just don't see it. I think they need help in their bottom six. They need a second line right winger. They need to get a better seventh or eighth defenseman because you always need seven or eight to get through a playoff run. They need more help elsewhere. And I'd prefer if they just trusted Stuart Skinner here. I know it's, I know it's a bit of a risk because again, if he goes down, then you're really hooped, but you could say that about a bunch of spots in there, right? Oh my God. You can say that about almost every, yeah. Outside of Dallas and Scott Wedgwood, and I know maybe Lauren Brassois in, L- in uh, Winnipeg, maybe, but na- name another team. If all of a sudden their starter goes down, where you're like, oh, yeah, I'm really confident. You know, like Boston, sure, but they, they rotate right now as it is. So uh, I would agree with you wholeheartedly on that. And, and the, well, what if he gets hurt? Yeah, what if he doesn't get hurt? Right. Which happens more often than them actually getting hurt, which is why I've always chuckled at that. Yeah. What if he gets hurt? Yeah. Well, what if he stays healthy? Which is like what happens way more often. So we'll see. Ty, good stuff, man. We will uh, chat with you tomorrow.
Yes, you will. DFO Rundown. See you tomorrow morning, Greg. You betcha. That's uh, Tali Ramchuk from uh, Orders Nation and uh, Daily Face Off, the uh, DFO Rundown podcast. Uh, we are up to 600 bones now. I love it. You're going to get a great deal. You're going to go to the game. And, of course, you're helping out the uh, the Brownlee family. So it's two seats tomorrow in the Sportsnet uh, Lounge, the club. Right? Uh, you know, it comes with uh, your tickets. You get your food. While you go in there, ooh, you're going to be eating like a king or a queen or kings or queens, princes, princesses, whatever you are. You're going to enjoy it. And uh, all the money will go towards the uh, GoFundMe for Robin Brownlee. And uh, Stu has it at 600 833-401-1440. Welcome back, man. What a busy show today. Woo. We had the assistant uh, general manager of the Washington Capitals on uh, Ross Mahoney talking about his uh, big award and the uh, longtime uh, scout from uh, Western Canada got an award. So we talked about his uh, scouting career. We had uh, Gene Principe on. We had uh, Matt Murray, the uh, St. Albert product, uh, talking about his first NHL shutout that he had on the uh, eight. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Of January against... Minnesota Wild and Mark Andre Fleury. Uh, anyway, Ramchuk, Mike Rupp. Uh, now we get the five questions. We've got Spec coming up. Man, this is awesome. It's a good time. Lots going on. And also, uh, we are up to, uh, oh, I didn't even look. Cons, are we still at 600? Is that where we're at? It looks like uh, Danny coming in just now at 650. Ooh, Danny's in at 650. Well, nice. Now. There we go. 650 now for the uh, tickets tomorrow. Orders cracking uh, in the uh, Sportsnet Lounge, Sportsnet Club, uh, where you get all your food. And. 100% of the money is going to go towards the Robin Brownlee GoFundMe campaign. Hey, we're, we're taking donations. You want to go, go to sports1440.ca, 5 bucks, 10 bucks. Hey, some people have done 1000 which is awesome. Uh, we're really trying to help out their family. It's, it's going very well. Um, so far this week, I uh, want to get to our goal because it'll be very needed for uh, Annalyn and Sam. So if you uh, always respect it or appreciate it, Brownlee made you laugh, giggle, get upset, got a reaction out of you, enjoyed his... Uh, Man, he wrote 2,000 articles just for Orders Nation, never mind all the other years he wrote for The Sun and The Journal. So, uh, man, that's a guy who uh, probably uh, gave you a lot of information for your sporting interest, whether it's the Trappers, the uh, Eskimos and the Elks and the uh, the Oilers, the Roadrunners he covered. Uh, he was the beat guy for the Roadrunners that year they were here. So uh, lots of U of A stuff and Nate and Grant McEwen, boxing, MMA. So if you read the Bronte and you enjoyed it, maybe... Uh, Drop a few bucks on the uh, GoFundMe campaign, sports1440.ca. Let's get now to uh, Sank Questions. That's five questions for uh, all of you who uh, papa français. All right. Brought to you by The Brick. And uh, you know what they speak? They speak deals right now. 
Doesn't matter what room in your house you want to get a deal on. Big screen TVs, you can get a reduction on that. You need some furniture, you need mattress, they got it all. How about save up to over 1,700 bones right now on furniture and, oh, the great dad special, the recliner. It's a classic. Every dad I know loves the recliner. Get one now at the brick, thebrick.com. It's time for five questions on the Jason Greger Show. All right, Greger, with the winning streak now at 11 games, uh, what has it taught you about this current edition of the Edmonton Oilers? Well, the biggest thing it has taught me, Connor Halley, is that I, I think the Oilers have figured out and shown that they can be a sound defensive team. We know that they they can outscore you if you need to. And there's going to be games where the Oilers give up four or five goals. Trust me. It's going to happen. And I'm fine with that. It's a regular season. But I think we're seeing that like this is not just a, you know, a lucky run. Like last year, even when they went on runs, if you looked like they would win games 6-4, 6-5 regularly. It's nine straight games now. They've only allowed two goals or less. They're one shy of the franchise record back in the dead puck era of 2001. Like this is a pretty high scoring era, and the Oilers went nine straight games by allowing only uh, two or fewer goals, and and again some good offensive teams. So that to me is the biggest thing I've learned. Yeah, I'll say for me, uh, I think just mentally they're very strong. You know, we've seen it a couple of times where they're trailing going into the third, even going back to before the Christmas break against the Rangers, the Devils, I believe, battling back into games. Uh, I think we saw a little bit last year as well. They're never really out of a game. They always had that belief they could fight and get back into it. And then we saw it again last night. So I just think that mentally, you know, this team doesn't feel like they're out of games. They can fight back into it. And I think that's very encouraging going forward. Uh, question number two for you. I think there was a little debate uh, with Ryan McLeod and, and what he can become in this league. Obviously, we've seen him take steps these last couple of months here. Uh, what do you think is the ceiling for Ryan McLeod? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I, I would say the ceiling realistically is, is like at best case scenario, would be a second line player, which is nothing wrong with being a second line player. Uh, I, I think I think Ryan McLeod uh, is going to be a guy who has a long career because he skates very well. He's smart. And you know what? Yeah, I'm going to say ceiling is, is, well, especially on this team, because you just look, you know, he's not going to get a lot of offensive chances, right? So the, it's hard to say because put him maybe on a team where maybe he would get a little bit more consistent power play time, get some more uh, five on five minutes, that maybe be a 45-point player, right? 50-point guy. I, I could see him being a 50-point player in the NHL for sure. Um, but I think I, I think Ryan McLeod's value is is more so going to be on his ability to – he can be in a line when, when he has some good wingers. Like Ryan, I look at Fogel. I think that can be a line where you say, you know what? We don't always have to play our best guys against the other team's best line. And they'll be able, and that to me is a recipe for success in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with what you said with the point totals as well. Might be tougher here in Edmonton, but I, I do think he can be a second line player uh, on the wing there. We, we've seen it. The speed is a great attribute and he's got the ability to finish at times, smart player. So that, it's pretty much what I had. Uh, I don't need to ramble anymore. This weekend, NFL playoffs will continue. It's going to be four fantastic games. So let's just go through them in order and then get to your winner here. We'll start off 2.30 on Saturday, Texans-Ravens. Oh, man, I love the C.J. Stroud story, but oof, it's hard to go against the Ravens. Yeah, I'm with you at home. I think it's going to be a little bit tougher. I don't think the Ravens defense will have the breakdowns that the Browns did last week. Uh, Saturday night, Packers and 49ers. Right now, the Niners nine points favorites. 
Yeah, the Niners are really good, man. Like it's they're a juggernaut, and uh, McCaffrey got extra time to heal. That's it's going to be hard to beat them. I'm with you. I think they'll cover the spread, the Packers, but I I think the Niners find a way to get this one done uh, on Sunday, one o'clock. The Lions hosting another playoff game, taking on Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think that's going to be pretty close, man. Honestly, like they looked really good again. Now I know that the Eagles have really floundered as of late. But, um, you know, Baker Mayfield's, I mean, if you look at his numbers in the regular season, his top 10 quarterback, right? When it comes to efficiency and success and passing touchdowns and everything. So, you know, they got, they got some playmakers in the receiving core. They got a really good playmaking running back, both catching and running the ball. I think that's, I think that's going to be the most competitive. Well, no, I guess there's the Bills and the Chiefs, <laughs> but, um, I honestly, I think that might be the most entertaining top to bottom game of the weekend. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to these Sunday slate of games. Like you said, there's, there's playmakers all over the field, and we didn't even see Mike Evans getting too involved in that game against the Philadelphia no. Eagles. Chris Godwin got the touchdown later on in the game, but the Lions have a lot of playmakers. I'll, I'll take the Lions, but I think this is going to be a very fun one. And you're right, Baker Mayfield. I, I am a fan of Baker. I'm glad to see him having some success there with the Buccaneers. Final game of the weekend, 4.30 on Sunday, Bills-Chiefs. Right now the Bills three-point favorites. Yeah, that's uh, it's funny how this is Patrick Mahomes' first road game in the playoffs. What? <laughs> like that is crazy, man. Um, the Bills looked really good last week, and but so did the Chiefs. I'm going with the Chiefs. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry, Declan. I went with the Chiefs earlier on today. I think I got to stick with them. I think if uh, if Chris Jones can have his way, making some plays, getting that pressure on Josh Allen, we've seen him throw a lot of interceptions this way. The the Bills defense, uh, I think they can have a, some success with the Mahomes as well. But uh, I'm going to take the Chiefs to uh, to find a way to get this one done. And I hate to say it because I want them out so bad. Uh, Why? Because I'm a Chargers fan. All right. <laughs> I've seen the Chiefs have had enough success. Two Super Bowls. I would like one Super Bowl appearance in my lifetime. I'd be happy. Question number four. Well, with this move with Pascal Siakam going to the Pacers, what direction do you think this Toronto Raptors team is going? Oh, well, they're obviously going in a retool. And uh, it's going to be hard because the one thing in the NBA, you need two superstars. That's just a fact. Right? That's And how... How good can Scotty Barnes be? I don't know. Is he going to be like a true superstar? Um, so I, I like Toronto wasn't going anywhere with Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam. I'm just going to say that on record. I don't think they were like both of those guys are really good support players. They're not great players. They're really good players. So I get why they're, they're going to try to reload to me that any success Toronto has is going to come through the draft. Now they're going to have to make some good picks. Yeah. I mean, we talked, touched on it earlier on. I kind of thought this move should have happened last year. I know Van Vliet leaves. Now they move OG Ananobi and now Pascal Siakam. I don't know why they didn't do it last year, but yeah, I think retooling is a good way to put it, Gregor. And final question for you. It was on this day in 1978. The Sex Pistols broke up after a disastrous tour, apparently. Uh, was there a band that broke up that really hurt you? Yeah, you know me. I'm not that. Um, no... Well, I guess if I, because I was really into their music at the time, um, I would say NWA, right? That would, I guess that would be it, maybe. But again, I wasn't like 
I wasn't a guy, you know, I, I didn't have a ton of cassettes. I had some, but not a huge amount. So, no, I don't ever recall. Like, that's the one where I was like, well, that's unfortunate, right? And then, you know, they tried to, you know, they were thinking on maybe getting back together. Well, you didn't know that till later on in the movie, right? But uh, Easy, of course, then uh, passed away, but... Yeah, maybe that one. I, I would think I can't. I can't think off the top of my head any other uh, real breakup. Or I was like, oof, that's a, you know, that's a real tough one. Maybe maybe Spice. Well, the Spice Girls break up. They just stopped. Oh playing, yeah, they. You know? I think it was uh, was yeah. it Jerry who left. Yeah. So you know what? Kind of like the Spice Girls. Yeah, I did too. I had two sisters that loved the Spice Girls, so I heard a lot of them. So I I was definitely impacted. When the band broke up, uh, the one that comes to mind for me, I'll just say Oasis. I mean, they're brothers, right? Noel and Liam. And uh, I just thought about the family. Could have been nice to create that rift down the middle. So Oasis breaking up, not necessarily the biggest impact for me, but certainly uh, certainly a big one. Ooh, yeah. The brothers, right? They didn't yeah. really like each other. Yeah, that's it's it's tough. I mean, I feel like, you know, in that era, like the rock star era, even going back to the you know, 70s, 80s, so a lot of times the bands might have had some disagreements. I, I watched that Motley Crue movie, and I think they had some beef, too, for a little while. So I'm sure there's a bunch of them oh, out there. Oh, God, I'm sure there's lots that uh, had it. Um, there we go. So we're up to uh, 650 on the uh, on the tickets right now. Tomorrow night, Oilers, Kraken. And remember, all of this, it's, you know, you're going to get a great night out, but uh, you're also going to be helping out the uh, the Brownlee family. So when you're watching the game, enjoying it, knowing that uh, you've helped them out for their GoFundMe campaign. All right. So 833-401-1440. Bidding ends at around 550 tonight. 833-401-1440. Uh, two seats in the uh, Sportsnet's uh, Club Lounge tomorrow night. Oilers, Kraken. You could see the 12th consecutive victory. Also, Connor McDavid. Riding an 11-game point streak very quietly as well. Let's get to uh, the con man and the sports 1440 update uh, brought to you by Booster Juice, baby. And whoo, you want to be, uh, you want to be powered up. You want to feel good. Go to Booster Juice. And uh, right now you can get, uh, get the uh, app. I would recommend it. Download. It's very easy. Get it on your phone. And uh, you can be saving with the uh, Booster Rewards app that saves you on Points for delicious and nutritious smoothies, drinks, and more. I highly recommend the uh, banana strawberry. Just for me personally, we uh, have one in the mall right below us here at uh, West Edmonton Mall and I've frequented a few times. It's delicious. Booster juice.